Welcome to Anything Goes. I'm your five-wing four host, Madison. And I'm your nine-wing one host, Kaden. And this is a podcast about the Enneagram. Before we jump in, here's uh, some disclaimers and opening announcements. You can reach out to us if you need to contact us on Twitter at Anything Goes. Or you can email us at anythinggoes at gmail.com. Um, we are not a Christian broadcast, we are not professionals, and we are not safe for work. Um, this is our first official episode of our many mini series where we're going to put out a bunch of smaller um, episode length content about um, one. So it's going to be one episode per wing of each type, and then an episode about each instinct of each type. So it's going to be five episodes total to a type. And our goal is to get through all nine types. Um, But we're first going to start out with some information about what wings and instinct variants are. If you'd like some more context on the types in general, uh, one of our very, very first things that we did was go through the types. um, So you could go look back at some of our earlier content. Ready to jump on in? Yeah. All right. So we're going to start with wings because they're where you should start after you find your regular type. Um, Once you find your type, then you should go to wings and then instinct variants. So wings are the numbers that are beside your type directly on the circle. So for ones, um, nine and two are beside you on the circle because it loops around. And then for twos, it's going to be one and three and so on and so forth. Under standard Enneagram theory, you cannot have a wing that is not adjacent to you. Um, They have to be right beside you. So you can't have like a five wing seven. Um, But if you feel that way, maybe look at your lines of integration and disintegration. Because Mm -hmm. like if you're like, oh, I might be a five wing seven. Well, fives go to seven in um, disintegration. So look like if that's what you feel, look at where that goes and where it closely meets up to your type. And maybe that's your wing or your type. One of the great things about the Enneagram as a system is that it is dynamic. So um, while wings as a concept are limited to adjacent numbers, there are so many other ways that you can see interconnection, whether that's through like centers, like body center, heart center, um, head center, or like that integration, disintegration, or even some of the other um, previous episodes we've talked about a bunch of the different triads that are there Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of there's like three different major ones that we've gone over so far that are a little bit more advanced. So once you get through the wings and instinct variants, if you want to go take a look at those as well, um, that's another way to think about how your types might be interconnected with other things you're vibing with. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the like interconnectedness, so the way the Enneagram system works is that every single person has and does feel at certain points every fear and desire on the Enneagram circle. And it's really just a system of how we interact with each fear and desire. So your base instinct is the one that you're in the most. It's kind of driving like everything and it's kind of driving how you interact with all the others. The next level as the lines of integration and disintegration, you're going to stay in those levels kind of next, I guess, because you can fluctuate through them throughout the day or over long periods of time if you're like in a really great place or in a really bad place. 
And then the next kind of flavor level is going to be your wing. Now, it is not only possible to um, kind of feel like both wings, but that's a really good way to develop your, like develop yourself is to try and develop any underdeveloped wings or develop the lines of integration to disintegration that your wings experience. Okay. Okay. So they just add a a little, you know, flavor. They also help in situations that um, maybe your base desire is not all that interconnected with because um, like, let's say you're two, um, your base fear is that you're unlovable your base desire is to be loved when you're at work you know you're not necessarily I mean you might want everyone to like you and stuff like that but it's less like less of the problems that you're going to face in like a work type environment are going to be regarding being loved you know so wings help kind of fill in all of those extra little areas those extra little like holes in your life right but yeah. Also, it's important to note that there are a lot of schools of thought on wings just in general. Like some people, like there are some theories that are just you have both wings and like it's all about balancing them and all of that. Some people believe that you can only have one wing. So it's interesting to read through um, different schools of thought and different theories on this. Uh, we tend to side with one's developed naturally and you got to develop the other one or maybe the other one has just developed naturally on its own but yeah most people that i've met that type themselves they tend to favor one over the other it definitely just adds like an extra dimension it's kind of like what is your main concern and we'll get into that because um when we actually go into the type like the wings we'll kind of compare and contrast them a little bit of like well, this is the base desire, but this is how it appears in like a one. And this is how it appears or like a one wing two versus a one wing nine. Right. Yeah. That your base desire usually stays the same. Like your, your core type is the base desire. And then the traits and like patterns is what you're picking up from your adjacent types. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um, anything else you want to cover on wings? Oh, I think wings can be very useful if you um, are having trouble typing yourself because Mm. sometimes wings can add differences to like what would like what your usual type would be. Fives are one where the wings add very dramatic differences, like a five wing six versus a five wing four. Five wing six is going to be your more or or, yeah, five wing six is going to be your more stereotypical type five. And if you're a five wing four, it can be kind of like, hmm, well, this doesn't all sound like me. Um, I don't fit this kind of narrative. So if you are having trouble typing yourself, taking a look at the wing variants can be pretty helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to move on to instinct variants. Sounds good. So instinct variants, once again, are um, there are a lot of schools of thought. Um, there are a lot of kind of different schools of thought. And some Enneagram people like them and some people hate them. I personally like them, but I do see that some of the the most common criticism that you can see with subtypes is that a lot of people use their subtypes to kind of excuse their shitty behavior. 
of like, well, I'm a sexual social, so I can't really help it. But honestly, what I disagree with that is that people use the Enneagram to do that anyway. Yeah. Like, if you're looking for something to excuse shitty behavior, it doesn't, like, you could do that with anything. Yeah. You don't have to come up with a good excuse for it. Yeah. So the instincts are sexual, social, and self-preservation. And this can kind of get confusing because it doesn't really necessarily have much to actually do with um, like self-preservation, fight or flight, or like actual sexual urges. Social is probably kind of the closest. But what they really kind of boil down to is that sexual, you value one-on-one connection the most. That's where your kind of priorities lie. Social, your dynamic within the group, um, within society, within your family, um, not necessarily on an individual basis, is what matters most to you. And self-preservation is you, your relationship with yourself, your resources, time, money, all of those things um, is what you value most and need to feel secure. Once again, lots of schools of thought on this, um, the more I was researching. The main one we're going to be focusing on is instinct stacking and how the instincts stack. So in a lot of common Enneagram theory, your instincts, you have one that's overdeveloped, one that is your blind spot and underdeveloped, and one that's kind of like in the middle. And so when you stack them, you say the one that is overdeveloped first and the one that's in the middle second, and then you drop off your blind spot. So for instance, I am a five wing four sexual social sexual is overdeveloped social is in the middle and my blind spot is self-preservation which makes me one of the counter types for the type five can you explain a little bit more uh when we're talking about counter types because this is kind of a new concept for this podcast so counter types are types or subtypes within the main yeah they're subtypes within the main type So within type five, you have, um, how many is it? Like 12 different variants. There's going to be six instinctual variants that stack on top of each wing. So it's like 12, yeah, it's 12 types. Mm -hmm. The counter type is the one or sometimes multiple ones because it could just be like any with the sexual overdeveloped are the ones that don't necessarily look like their regular type. And that could be for a multitude of different reasons. It could be that they act out of their type's general self-interest or they act in ways that you wouldn't think would be beneficial to their main fear and main desire. Um, Something similar that we've talked about is type sixes with phobic or counterphobic, Mm -hmm. where you would think that sixes would just kind of shy away in fear, but there are the ones that go out and they're like, ah, I've got to face it, which seems kind of counterintuitive. But yeah, so the counter types just don't necessarily act like the the regular types, but they are still motivated the same way. Right. So someone whose desire is indicative of having that type, but the patterns, for whatever reason, you know, don't fit the bell curve that we associate with it. Um, Mm -hmm. They're more out on the edges. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So some quick examples of that would be like, like I said, a five wing four sexual social fives in general have problems with like hoarding and avarice and wanting to keep things to themselves. Whereas if you are a sexual social, 
your main priorities are one-on-one connections and how you fit into the social dynamic. Um, Whereas self-preservation would lead to more of the hoarding kind of aspect that we see. So a five wing four is going to be more into their feelings. They're going to be, or a five wing four sexual social is going to be into their feelings. They are going to be concerned with the relationship and they are going to prioritize relationships with partners and with the group, which is kind of uh, counter to what most of the other type fives do. Um, Another example is type twos who are self-pres because twos tend to do giving in order to get, whereas a self-preservation two wants to hoard their resources. And so they go in kind of opposite directions to get that love and there's less uh, giving to get or it looks different. So once you've passed the kind of like growth exercises of like expanding your wings, you can also work to develop your blind spots. So as a five wing four, developing or as a five wing four sexual social, trying to develop my self-preservation and reserving my time, energy and resources can be very helpful to me. Anything else (laughs) you wanted to cover for instinct variants? No. Did we want to leave our folks with a question? I know sometimes we do questions over the month. I know we haven't done that in a while, but for the mm-hmm. mini mini series, it might be really good to do that. Mm-hmm. So we used to leave it for like a question for the next episode. So let's let's try and do that again. Our next episode is going to be uh, nine or sorry, one wing twos. So one wing twos. I'm curious as to how you show love to your partner. How does that two wing affect you? Do you experience giving to get? Like, what what does that look like for you? You could also chime in if you know a one wing two and want to sort of comment on your experience with your relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, you ready to close out? Yeah. So, if you want to answer those questions, you can tweet at us, and anything goes. Um, or you can email us, anything goes at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Have a Bye. good one.